Hey, everybody. Welcome to AST Radio, the official podcast of a special thing.com. I am here. I'm on location uh, mm-hmm. at the home of Randy Sklar. I'm here with Randy and Jason. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. This Good is to be l- part of the Morning Zoo podcast. <laughs> Come at you. Morning Zoo. Look at it. Uh, shirtless run. He's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, this. We're going to do this is our morning uh, morning zoo edition. Wake up. Time to prank call our ass. Wake up, Internet. We're going to order them two pizzas. Saddam style. <laughs> All right, that's uh, I don't know how much more of that. There's you can no way. There's <laughs> no way for you an can hour s- straight of that. I I marvel at the people who can s- sustain that the whole time. That's what we want to. We actually want to pitch to NPR. NPR's morning, just like morning NPR's zoo. morning zoo. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Yes. Coming at you, we got all kinds of crazy conservative pundits coming your way in the next half hour. Is a humanitarian story on the NPR morning zoo. All kinds of stuff happening. Darfur, enjoy it. What? Enjoy I, it in Darfur. But I feel Nothing like they can be enjoyed by that. I love the old SNL sketch with the NPR ladies just yes. because like we've we've done some stuff on NPR and no matter how you talk, mm-hmm. you could talk like you'd be like, What's up, America? And here's how it would sound on the NPR microphones, you'd be like, What's up, America? Literally there's a filter <laughs> that filters you down how into you? How boring you America. Hurtful, painful. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, I just realized I don't have to be here. No, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. Go take ahead. a walk. Take a walk. Hang out. We're uh, going to take some callers here. This is Rock Talk. This is a- um, also, we have. I should say we have a, a, a dog standing in for my dog, Bama, who's usually under the table. Uh, what's, what's your dog's name? This is Virgil. Virgil is here. Yeah, he's a big English bulldog. Good guy. He's uh, chewing on something. He'll drop some bombs too. He will yeah, drop. Right. He'll drop some f bombs <laughs> right behind. Just yeah, launch him. Good Ooh. thing this is an explicit podcast. We don't nice. have to get on the eight second delay on that. I love it. Some fart bombs. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's get into a little interview. I want to uh, talk. talk to you guys about uh, how you got started. You, you grew up in uh, St. Louis, right? St. Louis, Missouri. Grew up yeah. pretty normal. Back. Beat backwoods, backwoods, back country. We raised each other, which was weird. That we, it was a strange. We were actually separated at birth and then raised like a block away from each other. Yeah, so like really I just odd. would always turn the corner and be like, "What? Wait a minute! I feel like um, I'm seeing." No, I grew up in St. Louis and uh, went to University of Michigan and then moved to New York mm-hmm. and did stand up there, kind of in the. Almost went to law school, right? Yeah, we were about ready to go. Both of us ready to go to law school, That's and with a chance meeting with the great. Andy Kindler, one of our favorite. We oh, wow. we brought him to come to the University of Michigan. We were huge fans of his, and uh, at the time, just because of the fact that he like berated non-Jews on MTV, yeah. <laughs> great moment in, in his. Uh, oh, that was on the. It was like a Comedy Cat. Central A list mm-hmm. or something. He just ri- it was great, and we loved him, and we brought him to Michigan, and we performed, and we were like, "Hey, do you think we could do this instead of going to law school over some silver dollar pancakes at a Perkins?" And he was like, okay. "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, I think you have to scrap all your material. It's terrible." <laughs> And then, uh, but he's like, someday maybe you can get on TV. He was very nice. He was encouraging enough for us to be like, all right, sorry, we're not going to law school. Our avid listeners will remember that Andy Kindler actually mentioned uh, that he met you, that he met you guys at the University of Michigan. It was awesome. I, that was really, I don't actually really, really, I don't know if he'll ever like, cause like literally we got home that night and called our parents and we're like, we, I don't think we're going to law school. And they're like, why? We're like, there's this guy, Andy Kindler. (laughs) (laughs) And our parents actually were really big in the alternative comedy scene. (laughs) They really were. Like, wow. They're big fans of his own cabaret work. Yeah, in the early, early interesting 90s. stuff. You know, yeah. Mark no. Cohn didn't talk to you. No, <laughs> um, no, but they were. Re- it, it, it was actually. It was. It was. A was really inspiring. He was really inspiring to us, and we were like, because we were like, we can always, if we really wanted to go to law school, go back. But mm-hmm. it's like, well, but we had no, we had no role models in our 
family or universe. And mm-hmm. you're in St. Louis. It's like there's no, no one in our family was in the entertainment industry at all. So mm-hmm. to take a chance like this. And then we sucked back then. Yeah. We were horrendous <laughs> when we started out. There was really no, you had to like have vision to think maybe we could do something. So, so was it always, uh, there was never a moment where one of you wanted to do it and the other one didn't. It was always a, a two man group. I think we, we kind of had fun. We just enjoyed doing it so much, both of us. I mean, whether or not we were at the exact same level of intensity with mm-hmm. it, I think we just both enjoyed it. Like, that's who we were. Like, we just would gag around with our friends, like, all the time. Surrounded mm-hmm. ourselves with, like, the funniest people we knew in whatever environment we were in. Right. And then just gag the whole time. And together, we were just always more powerful than individually. We felt like it's more interesting. There's something interesting mm-hmm. here that there's something different. There's something different than what you see elsewhere all right. the time. It always separates to us. I still feel that way in the industry. I mean, I feel like we go out and audition for things here and there. And individually, I'm like, you know, we probably do a serviceable job, but like together, it's just so different. Mm-hmm. And to, I, which I guess is kind of sad in some way. That's like, really sad. It's <laughs> like being connected to some, it's like having a Siamese, it's like a, a career Siamese twin. Like I can't yeah. leave without him, but you know, Hey, I'm thinking of moving to Portland with my family. Sorry, you can't no, do it. Okay. Nope, not going to have her. You're trapped here. So, uh, you're, even before you got into stand up, uh, were, did you guys have that back and forth where, like, it would just, you'd finish each other's sentences and stuff and like that? And thoughts and stuff. I think so. I mean, I, I think we just, you know, I would just, it, you why would you fuck that up? <laughs> you just go. No, you go. I just think, Wait, I just wanted to. <laughs> I feel like we, no, 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 we do. We definitely do. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think we, it's like a, it's like an old married couple. I mean, we don't touch each other anymore either. And we hate each other on the inside. <laughs> no, yeah. it, you know what it is? It's, it's like you have all these shared experiences. And I think when you, when you're telling stories with old friends of yours, everybody has this. If yeah. you are ter- telling like a story that you share with someone else, you can tag team it. Both mm-hmm. people sort of know what's coming and know the parts. What we've gotten good at, I think, from being on stage is listening to each other and learning mm-hmm. when to step in and mm-hmm. when to pull back. I de- yeah, definitely. <laughs> wow, that was that was smooth. Oh, not smooth. We'll be right back on Rock Talk. Thanks. <laughs> so so uh, we do want to have a talk show called Rock Talk, which you all about Charles Dutton, Charles F. Dutton's <laughs> short-lived seminal rock. sitcom of the early nineties. Right, You're listening right. to Rock Talk. Go caller, caller number one. You're listening to Rock Talk. Yeah, Hopefully. I just had a question. I uh, wanted to talk about uh, what's his name, Dwayne. Dwayne who? I don't know who you're talking about. You know, the guy who's the wrestler who... Uh, oh, that's the rock talk. <laughs> this is rock talk. That's Dwayne Johnston. Okay. <laughs> Next caller, go ahead. Yeah, a uh, question yeah. about uh, igneous or sedimentary. Uh, that's, that's rock's talk. <laughs> this, talk. Is the ro- this is rock talk. This is uh, Charles. Can I call in? Uh, yeah, 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 I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you guys did a uh, an episode live. Uh, it was a it was a rare thing they used to do in the old days. But you guys did a live sitcom episode. Uh, what were the challenges? Okay, you're calling in for cock talk. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's totally not the show. We're rock uh, talk. No, we that that was fun. We did uh, double agents. Was when we wrote, that was a great <laughs> experience? Actually, we we, <laughs> we had been performing in uh, in New York in the downtown scene. There, it was starting to really burgeon, like with kind of like what's now Luna Lounge was at Rebar yeah. and just kind of moved to Luna Lounge and there was a lot of exciting stuff going on and at Surf Reality which was a place that also was doing a lot of alternative right stuff. around the corner mm-hmm. from on from Ludlow Street it's on Allen Street it actually no longer exists anymore but it was like this great place that that like bordered on the edge of some really great comedians and some people like Zach Galifianakis and Jordan Rubin Slovan and Slovan and Allen those guys were performing mm-hmm. down there we were down there and then there'd be like a guy who for six minutes would stick a carrot up his ass and you're like <laughs> and sing Go Down Moses right and you're like okay alright I like it it's Good interesting times. so it was a mix and we had been performing there for a while and then they said you know for the summer if you guys want the 10 o'clock 
10 p.m. slot on Friday nights, take it. And mm-hmm. people were like, you know, why would you want to do that show? It's late. If you want any industry to come, they won't because, it's, you know, they'll be at the Hamptons on the weekends. And so we were like, you know what, though? Let's just do it. We know a lot of funny young people who are kind of at the same stage as us. Let's just try and write something funny. And so we thought, why don't, instead of just doing a straight stand-up show, mm-hmm. let's, let's write like a sitcom for the stage, a live sitcom. So we were living with uh, a friend of ours who still writes with us today. His name's Eric Friedman. Very talented writer. He was a writer on The Oblongs Mm -hmm. uh, with us and some other stuff that we've done. He writes on Cheap Seats with us now. He's actually like the main sort of, the main driving force in a lot of the stuff we do. And Mm -hmm. we sat down with him and we were like, what could we do for this? We have this time slot. It's ours. And so we developed this idea that Jason and I were failed comics who tried to make it but failed and so became agents. And Mm -hmm. it was like double agents that we would be these and we just had really shitty talent that we had around and it was an opportunity to do like have performances in the middle of your sitcom that would just be like people auditioning for us and whatnot and it was fun i mean mike blyden and matt price and emmy laybourne and uh wendy shanker and like all these other interesting like sloven and allen and those kind of folks came in and did stuff for us it was it was just fun it became this like playground for us on friday nights and all the shows sold out and lots of people started coming down and it it sort of was an entree for us into mm-hmm. the world cool so how that just ran for like the summer we did like we wrote like six we wrote episodes. four and we ran four and episode. we did four and we did them over six weeks mm-hmm. and uh and then we did a second run of them in the fall at a place called the west bank theater in which lewis black kind of helped start down mm-hmm. there and on 42nd and 9th and that was it was fun it was just so cool it was so interesting i felt like you know no one was really doing that i mean it was like an episodic we wrote like new yeah. episodes as the characters grew and developed and yeah. to do it for the stage you kind of could have fun with the fact that you were on stage I and mean, when we had i remember blyden had produced a couple of uh really funny commercials and stuff that would come mm-hmm. we do like a cold we had like oh, a cool. cold open a yeah. produced open and then we had like and we had mike royce who uh is who is a, now the showrunner for lucky uh, louie lucky yeah. louie he was like our warm play like the warm-up comedian oh, wow. and he, but he did it really in like again sort of making fun of like the sitcom warm-up, warm-up comedian comic. and he was just great he was kind of really dark and really funny mm-hmm. and it just was what a creative time it was really yeah, it fun. was really exciting yeah. everyone was like it was one of those times where you had so many people who all kind of had the time and energy to devote to this right. and made it great mm-hmm. and it was sort of this you know collective thing that right. felt great cool so how long were you in New York after that? Like, what was your... We were there. We did uh, our show on MTV, Apartment 2F in oh, New right, York. Right. We shot that. That, was, that kind of came out of that on a I think small it level. Did. I yeah. think the people from MTV saw that and were like, oh, these guys could carry a, a situation like that. And mm-hmm. actually, Matt Price, the character he played in the stage show, was brought over to the cool. uh, the TV show. Yeah. So, I mean, so that was great. And, and Emmy, her character as well, brought her to the did. TV show as well. So and then Zach joined the cast. Right. And uh, it was great. That was yeah. a lot of I fun. mean, so we did that and we were there. We were there from 94 to like 99, mm-hmm. about five and a half years. And then we moved out here. Yeah. What brought you guys out here? Well, we, we were developing a couple ideas that, Never made it past the <laughs> level. We were in sort of development hell. But, but it was actually kind of cool because we did the MTV show. It lasted for a year and then people knew who we were and then we kind of made a deal to develop something. But we were living in New York. That was the best. Living in New York, we made a deal to develop something out here. So they'd fly us out like every month. We'd mm-hmm. come out here, maybe even every like three weeks or so. We'd perform at Largo. That's when we started performing at Largo mm-hmm. and you're kind of like, oh my God, there's this whole other thing happening out here that's yeah. like what we were doing in New York, but interesting. Almost and even bigger and like different. 
little more polished, but it just was really cool. So we participated in that and we're like, wow, I really feel like if we need, if we want to make the jump to the next level, we sh- we need to move out to LA. Yeah. So we did. And then we got a show in New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we do Ultimately, cheap seats. That's where we shoot cheap seats. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. It's crazy. So it was like a back, it's it's such a back and forth thing. Oh, wow. That's weird. So you, uh, well, we might as well just get right into cheap seats because uh, you got a new season coming up. Season uh, four, June fifth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? What was the impetus for that? It's great. It was interesting because we had not been working for like, I mean, post nine eleven. I blame nine eleven. I blame nine eleven. <laughs> I blame the nine eleven commission. I really do. I literally would walk around. After I blame like, Bush. I, I actually blame Bush for all of it. Not a lot of work was. Uh, we weren't getting a lot of work, and I, I literally would walk around my house or my apartment at the time and say the terrorists have won. <laughs> I haven't had a fucking audition in like three weeks. The fucking terrorists. I have won. cannot book this Domino's audition. The terrorists have won. Muhammad So we uh, no, it was like a long time of no working and we went to yeah. a, our friend Bart Coleman's wedding mm-hmm. in uh, in New York he was getting married out there and we were just visiting a friend of ours who was our old like camp counselor who we've known forever who writes for ESPN the magazine we're just having breakfast with him and he was telling us what's going on. He, he asked us what was going on, and that lasted about one second. We're like, so uh, what's <laughs> our answer to what's going on with us is what's up with you? <laughs> what, what do you, you do? What, what are you, you all about what's right happening now? with you right now? He, and he was like, he's like, oh, I pitched a couple ideas, pitched a show to Classic that they want to do. It's, it's like it's, he's like, it, it's kind of like we had to have all this footage in their old library, and they're like, watch us watch the old games. We just need two guys who are funny, who love sports, or who know stuff about sports to host the show. And then he paused. And he was like, can you guys pass the boysenberry syrup? We're like, what, Gary? Why would you not <laughs> ask would, us? Is there something wrong? And he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know you guys would want to do a show on ESPN Classic. I mean, we had done stuff on bigger networks. And we are like, it sounds like such a great idea. Yeah. And it's kind of wide open. And he's like, all right, well, you know, get me your stuff. And we gave him our half-hour special and mm-hmm. other stuff that we'd done. And, and then we came in and actually pitched them about 50 or 60 yeah, we had like segment f- idea. I, I mean, it rolled up. The second we started working on it, it like – we just were an endless well for this because mm-hmm. we were like, okay, this could be, again, not unlike the the show that we did in New York. Yeah. Like this could be a chance for us to get all of our friends together, right. our funny friends, make it like a, like a treehouse. Like yeah. we're doing a show like over here on Classic and no right. one has to know. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, you know. I liken the fact to like people didn't know about I, I this is I'm not saying our show is this. I'm just saying the same effect of like I didn't know BBC America until the office came right. in. I didn't even know that channel existed, but right. then someone told me about the office and I started watching on BBC America and then I started to watch other programs yeah. on BBC America. Same deal where like people probably don't know that much about classics programs. Yeah. But if you got this thing where, you know, David Cross does some stuff and Kathy Griffin and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean you name it, like all Brian Hussein, Brian Patton and all these people, Jerry Minor, all these people Zach doing did Zach did a about. thing for us, and Swartzen, and all these people yeah. who we love and kind of came up with here. Right. Then maybe you'll be like, well, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. I want to come be, over here. Have comedy people who normally wouldn't watch classic tuning yeah. into classic to, to watch. Well, that was show. our thing because yeah. we always felt like sports. Con- we do like sports. We're not like jocks, and we make the very clear right. distinction. We are. It's like a very, I think it's a line goes right down the line between man and like macho. man and macho. Like mm-hmm. we're man. Like we'll watch sports, just not at a sports bar. Right. Right. You know what I mean. 
Well, that's what interestingly, like there's there's always been humor in ESPN and what they do on Sports sure, Center and definitely. stuff. And I think the stuff that works the best for me is when it's not you don't get a jock vibe from like Scott right. Van Pelt. You get like right. a kind of a he's a fan, he's, he's kind a of fan. a nerd and like he he did drop of that's levitation homes. Exactly. Which yeah. I think, and even like if you listen to two sports fans talking about like true sports fans talking about, you know, a specific trade or some specific thing mm-hmm. happening. If you replace the specifics and what they're talking about, they could be talking about music. They could be Comedy, talking about a Wilco right. album, a bootleg that's come <laughs> yeah. out. They could yeah. be talking about a comic book that just came out. They right. could be talking about anybody. And that's there is a common line mm-hmm. along the specificity yeah. of, of people's obsessions with specific things. And sports is like that, too. Yeah, like yeah. there are definitely those sports nerds out there who are like, <laughs> worst pitch ever. <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> nice. People are that way. But I mean, like, and, and we want to appeal to them and then we also want to you know sports also is a grand common denominator for all kinds of people you know and and so we wanted to bring sort of our comedy to that audience and be like look we you can do kind of weirder stuff it doesn't have to be the best damn sports show it can be like really weird effed up stuff. Randy yeah. didn't mean the best damn sports show. I was like saying our show is the best, best damn sports show. <laughs> there is an actual, the actual show called the best damn sports sport show, sport. period. TBDSS. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you got to abbreviate it that long. And it's like long 11 long things. Yeah. It's too much. But, exactly. well, the other thing uh, maybe that, that works about your show for non-sports fans is that you there's a lot of stuff in the archives that was on ESPN or is on some sports thing that isn't really right. Sports. It's not sports, and when we describe describe people, it's not like we're watching football, like tons right. of football and hockey and stuff like that. I mean, but it's like it, it's back from when ESPN in the early '80s they did not have major contracts with major sports like right. baseball and football and hockey, but they had to still fill 24 hours. So you got like you know uh, super dogs, super jocks. They're like literally, it's like <laughs> a dog, a and dog, a, and a and and an, and an old, Olympic, old athlete Olympic athlete trying to run through like a fourth the same like, like an eight year old's birthday party. Yeah, it's like, like an, an obstacle, obstacle course, <laughs> like an eight year old birthday party only like with more pathos. You know right. what I mean? There's that. There's spelling bees and, and cliff diving yeah. and cheerleading and dog shows. All that, all that great the beard stuff. and mustache champion. A beard and mustache. A guy had his beard in the shape of a check mark. And I remember we said, Look, he's got a check mark for a beard. And, and a check, check mark on the single box on his tax form. <laughs> that guy is really sick. Yeah, I mean, that's some, sometimes that's the most fun stuff when it's not at all sports. It's totally. just some crazy thing like that. What was that Russian like ice motorcycle race? Oh yeah, motorcycle race. That was uh, Eugene Merman. Was Eugene Merman did a thing in that show? It was motorcycle there was race, like, and there was ice. like a Russian who was in it. It was like this is like circa seventy nine. So it was like a Russian in like a crazy helmet, and we we're like, how cool would it be? And, and, and it should be that this guy, wherever he drives, like shoots lasers out of the back of his tailpipe. I mean, that is that would have been so Russian at the time. He's got the laser thing. So we just uh, you every know, time graphically put lasers coming out of his motorcycle. Motorcycle. What's wrong with that? We wanted to see it. Yeah, that that stuff. Uh, I mean, then there was like, there was like a van just gliding or something. Yeah, I mean, it just there was like, like a, a house in the middle of like the racetrack. There was. I mean, we uh, there was uh, in that same, or one of the other episodes. It was similar like that. It was like, and we've always said this about our show. This is like the one defining thing that, like, if there are Germans on bicycles playing soccer, <laughs> we will be there to make fun of we'll them. We'll make yeah. fun of them. That's our, I mean, that should be your thing of yeah. rule of life, you know? Right, right. Yeah, that was another good one. Uh, so so I guess the, the question that a lot of people probably wonder is uh, how much uh, do you have to watch or how many, how many people do you have who are working to, to yeah. watch footage? It's great. I mean, it kind of, we, we've developed a, it. There was no system at the beginning. Like, we had no system. Because we wrote most of it with, like, our 
with our with Eric friend, with Eric Friedman mm-hmm. and some with Matt Price. He also was involved from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think what we what we sort of figured out over time is that you know basically the footage we see stuff either we'll see like. You know, we were, Paul we Mitchell salon sponsors like a karate <laughs> exhibition and you're just Come like, on. okay, we got to get this, you know? And so like, we'll, we'll requisition, you know, basically request the stuff from ESPN's library, our staff in New York. And we have a great staff in New York. They are mm-hmm. so great and talented and they've sort of understood we've grown and they've grown and we sort of have figured out what, what needs to be done with them. Mm-hmm. They, they pick the footage, they'll find, they'll find something great. They'll cut it down to 20 minutes of the best stuff, mm-hmm. the weirdest stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they'll write their jokes on it. They've contributed. And they've to gotten it. to be really, really good, good at joke writing. They've mm-hmm. just been great. And so then they'll send it out to like four writers, mm-hmm. four people get a crack at it. And we've got all sorts of people, people who write for like regular sports stuff, as well as just straight up comedy writers and just like a mixture of just people. Try to get a mix. Yeah. And then, and then that script comes to us with the tape mm-hmm. and we, Randy and I watch the whole show and we write our jokes and then we sort of pick the other jokes. You know, if our jokes are like another joke or if we like another joke's idea, mm-hmm. we'll rewrite it. We end up now kind of serving as more like head writers on a show, mm-hmm. sort of sifting through what's been written. But then we also, it, it depends. Different shows are different. Like we did a recently the Radical Outdoor Challenge with a, with a collegiate Ryan Seacrest. Ryan Seacrest wow. hosted. Yeah, that's going to be in the upcoming season. Nice. Magical yeah, moment. Yeah, <laughs> but that was one of, that was one where there was so much happening. There were so many things going on. And, and that was a situation where a lot of people wrote a ton of jokes for like every split second. Mm-hmm. And in situations like that, sometimes you can't use, even though they're great jokes, right. if those four jokes are in there, then the next four can't go. So yeah. sometimes it's better to like build, you know, like a runner. And we that's, that's what we've also learned in this process is that like individual jokes are great, but if you can build like a theme mm-hmm. and that's like only the first half of it. So that's, so we record those jokes and then they lay it into the footage and we mm-hmm. get the tape. And we look at it and we're like, okay, there are holes here. So we do like reshoot different jokes we do for that. Mm. Then we sit down with like a couple people here and brainstorm ideas for the studio stuff right. or the outside elements. Like we just shot this thing with Paul Rudd that's going to be in the first episode and mm. we shot that outside. He, he plays a spelling bee memorabilia collector <laughs> who just collects the, the white polos of <laughs> little kids children. Where, and he wears them. <laughs> so it's like really creepy and really fun and he did a great job. And so, I mean, it's, but we shoot, we shot that outside of the studio. And we'll mm-hmm. toss to those things. So figuring that stuff out yeah. has been a blast too. And and that and then we get those we get those the studio stuff and we put it with uh, we have John Glazer who's amazing. He's a yeah. tremendous comedic talent. He's and, so good and he kind of functions. He'll when we write write in New York and he'll him and Patrick it. Borelli. Patrick Borelli, another great young comic. They'll go through sort of what we've sort of written out here with Eric and Matt Price and Anthony Del Bracco, another great writer. And like we'll come up with the studio stuff and then they'll sort of help us while mm-hmm. we're there. And then once we're there, John is kind of on the set with us and he functions almost as like a floor director, kind mm-hmm. of as comedy as we do the bits and stuff. If he's not happy with how it is, he can we'll redo it we we'll redo it. And it takes a lot of pressure off of us that we can just focus on performance as opposed to like, right. how did that look? And how did, I don't know how people can do that because you have to be so in it mm-hmm. while you're doing it. And it's hard to like take your hat off and be right. like, all right, now it's time to produce it and figure it out. Yeah. So you guys are free to just be funny and, and as opposed to think about, wait, how did this look? And did that shot, did you get coverage from this angle? Instead, right. John's looking at it on a monitor and he's mm-hmm. like okay we need to that this has to change and we got to get yeah. this differently and so that has helped us out tremendously and he has and he has such a high standard for comedy right. in general like we know that he doesn't let anything slide and i think it's made the show it's better. definitely made it better yeah yeah there's a lot of 
a lot of fans of his on a special thing. He, uh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen the tiny hands. Tiny hands, <laughs> really my favorite. So just the little things he does, and, and he does great. He plays a lot of great characters. That's the other thing you get with him. You almost yeah. get like an ensemble cast with Glazer. He, he plays, plays a lot of stuff on Cheap Seats. He He'll plays do. Beamy, who's like uh, our favorite Cheap Seats Beam, who likes <laughs> to get drunk and then deal and then like apologize afterwards. And he plays the score settler, who's another character on our show. But the tiny hands thing is just yeah. so fabulous, funny. brilliant. That's cool. So uh, you mentioned Paul Rudd. Uh, what other stuff can we expect, or who can we expect to see? Uh, this In the first season? few episodes, uh, we've got an episode, uh, the 1990 Corporate Challenge, which, of course, <laughs> these are very, I mean, it's like basically a corporate retreat, but yeah. like with like a mini obs. It's kind of the scene in Mr. Mom, you know, where, uh, where <laughs> like, kid, like adults are riding on tricycles through the thing, right. and it is, it's hilarious. It's, it's corporate greed at its worst, and <laughs> Throughout the episode, uh, our show uh, gets, gets bought take, out, gets bought out, and taken over by a corporation, <laughs> which is headed up by uh, Michael Ian Black. Black. So uh, yes. he appears, and Zach Orth also appears in that episode. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, we're—I fa- don't know if you're a fan of The Sopranos or not mm-hmm. on the comedy tip, but uh, Angela Pietra Pinto, who's in, she was also in Goodfellas, a great, mm-hmm. great like older actress. She appears in an. Who did she play on uh, Sopranos? She played in the episode where she basically begs for her son's life in episode. I think two or three oh, okay. of this season where she brings him the, uh, the lasagna, like she oh, makes yeah, yeah, him yeah. lasagna and she yeah. begs Tony in the hospital. She's just a great yeah. character. Actually. She was the mom in welcome to the dollhouse. Yeah. Okay. She's awesome. great. Cool. So she talented. did something for us and, uh, Craig Anton and, and Jackie Harris, they did something for us. And, uh, Paul Greenberg did something for us and, uh, just good people all the way yeah. around. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. Sam Cedar and Sam Cedar, John Benjamin, they both come back. John Benjamin plays a character on our show, uh, Mark Shalowitz. Rabbi by Mark Shalowitz. Kind of like the extreme rabbi. He's like always He was a windsurfing rabbi. Now he's like the karate kicking rabbi. <laughs> he's like just got this encyclopedic knowledge of the rules of intricate sports and yet while at the same time being really creepy and touching us all the time. <laughs> he's a very so, touchy rabbi. <laughs> he Nothing is, wrong with that. He really plays it so well. And, and so it's... it's Eugene, a, Eugene Merman did some stuff for us. And uh, yeah, it's a great... It's it's using all of our favorite people in yeah. comedy and letting them come. So yeah, it does. it really sounds like you guys just go out and get your friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what... That's it's, it's got a great vibe of, of like just guys messing around. Yeah. Uh, almost like the tiny hands thing or, or some of those, you know, shorts that, that people are doing on their own. It, it, it keeps that, that element of like, Hey, we're just, you know, doing some skits. And, and I, I love that about the show. It's Thank you. fun to see that. That's yeah. fun. I mean, it, it illuminates that whole process. I mean, I, I would love it if we could have like a casting part. Sometimes I'm like, I wish we had, did have a casting person and mm-hmm. department and it would take some pressure us. But then this, the other side of it is like, no, no. it's so much better. We Why just, put <laughs> someone through auditioning yeah. stuff? It's just so much hard. We've been out there and on the other side of it and it's not. Sometimes fun. the funniest people can't pull it off in an audition, right. but they would just kill it when they're mm-hmm. on the set or where they're out doing it. So for us, it's just great to just call some up call someone up like Wayne Fetterman, Doug Benson. They mm-hmm. just did something for us oh, cool. just to call them up and be like, Hey guys, can you, we wrote this thing. Can you do it? And they, yeah. and they get excited. They put their own twist on it. They make even funnier what we wrote and it just, and it, and it also probably reinforces the comic sensibility because mm-hmm. you guys know who you like as comics right. and, and as you know, your peers and, and you just bring in the people that you think are funny. And so it kind of has a nice, vibe i mean for people on a special thing or whatever that they, they they sense okay this is for us because it's yeah. got all these people in it absolutely tons of, tons of larry the cable guy <laughs> tons of, we like to get her educated <laughs> i want to change his, that change his catchphrase get her matriculated get her medicated <laughs> just like give him like a real complicated final word larry the 
Oh God! But I, the point, yeah, that that point is very much there. We want people to turn on the show, see these people on there, and say, yeah. "Wow!" I mean, I I love Adult Swim. I love you right. know uh, Comedy Central, and I love shows that you know these types of shows. Then I see these people on this show. This show would be for me too. Yeah. And that was a big thing for us because ESPN Classic has zero budget for advertising right. zero i mean it's so we have to really sort of like say okay we got to cross this over one of yeah. our highest rated shows was when the guys from mystery science theater came on and did a cameo in the first episode of season two where they were making fun of the two of us mm-hmm. which was a blast and those guys yeah. were so much fun it's and cool. great to do that and you know i mean but all their people went and watched it which was great yeah yeah so uh you say that i mean you don't you don't get a lot of money i guess but do you get a lot of freedom to pretty much just do the show you want to do except for being like the the one difference is that except for edginess yeah esp it which has forced us to be more creative we just have Mm -hmm. to take it into a weirder place like Mm -hmm. i feel like if it were on comedy central or or elsewhere you could get away with so much more whereas on ESPN Classic is Disney. Mm-hmm. ESPN was embroiled, and our sort of our show kind of went through this whole period when the Janet Jackson thing happened and the FCC cracked down. Yeah. ESPN and sports was like right in the middle of it, so mm-hmm. they felt like we're Disney. We have to be a very uh, much set an example for everybody else. So they were even more stringent than other. They're places. scared. It's mm-hmm. some there's some guy up in Bristol, Connecticut, who has a family who's like a lifer at ESPN, and right. he's presiding over what you're talking. And, and you want to get in some like reference to like Ernst Rommel, and he's like, I don't know if that's you know, I don't know if we even that so, that I mean, might make it. But I mean, if you wanted to do anything overt or you want to do anything, he's going to protect his job. He's, he doesn't yeah, care about yeah. like. How so what we've learned is like the it forced us to get more creative with that stuff. But other than that, like as far as comedic wise and the way the direction we want the show we get no notes from them which is fantastic it's amazing it's like i don't think we'll ever experience that again but it's it just is it's amazing and the knowledge that it's going to go for a while like that that we i mean after this season we've done 52 have aired and i think 78 will be done when this season's over and we're not sure if it's going to come back after that but even still to have 78 episodes of scripted comedy on TV, yeah, it's a it's a big deal, and it's, it gives it time lucky. to grow. It's like grown and changed. Because for for them, a season might be twenty five in in the course of a year, but when you think about it, on most cable channels, thirteen episodes is a season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even The Office was like six, right? So I'm you know, I'm talking about the BBC version of The Office. So I feel like if you were to just parcel it out, that's like six, eight, you know, seven seasons. Yeah. Is there a chance that it'll ever get on DVD? Have you talked about that? You know, it's they just are about to put up 10 episodes on iTunes. And I think oh, cool. there are a lot of places that want to distribute it, but because ESPN Classic has such a small viewership that mm-hmm. the places like Best Buy are like, well, how do we know it's going to sell if we put it on our shelves? We're like, mm-hmm. just put it. We get requests on our website every day and on the Cheap Seats website. People, it, is, it is a very DVD-friendly show. Yeah, definitely. Because of just the, the amount of jokes in it, the type of people who are on it, the extra footage that gets shot that doesn't get used, right. all that stuff. We can use it all. So I think if the iTunes thing is successful, and I do think people will purchase them. On shameless iTunes. plug, shameless plug, shameless, shameless plug. plug. Uh, I think it'll that'll sort of open the door to kind of be like, look, these are the numbers they did on iTunes. You should yeah. put it in. And I, be, and I do believe a DVD would happen, which would be great for us because I feel like that actually would be good for us because not a lot of people get ESPN Classic. That's Ooh, another yeah, thing. that's true. It's like a digital channel or something. Yeah, like and if you don't have like the hotty toddy high-level cable, you can't get it. So a lot of people say, or people say, I get it at home, and then I go to college, and then I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So, so a DVD, again, would pass it around and let other people, because that's for us, again, word of mouth. Yeah. I feel like, you know, one of the great things that made like Chappelle's show such a huge success was when the DVD came out. Definitely. It was like, people started sharing it, and then it was like, what is this show? I got to find mm-hmm. out about it. And I think 
certainly would not happen on that level, but I think definitely you'd see something like that. With yeah. Like we wouldn't go to South Africa to chill out. We <laughs> go, go to North Africa. North Africa. Just <laughs> kick it. We're just going to kick it in Upper out, Volta for a while. <laughs> just rock it. Just hang out. Just the pressure's way too much. I hear Chad is nice. Chad, Chad is pretty is, good. I hear you know, you got to be I careful. Hear. I mean, sometimes it's a little a touristy. Guy. It's a little touristy. <laughs> he's a good guy. Upper yeah. Volta is more. Upper Volta. Like, it's more chill. I feel like the bars are better. <laughs> yeah. The gay bars good, are good, great spring break scene in Nigeria, though. <laughs> <laughs> great spring break. It is the Lake. Ha- it was Lake Havasu before Lake Havasu. Havasu is Lake Havasu. Havasu. Yeah. And we'll be right back. You get good flights. Spring break. Time. Great, you have great. You have flight. great flights. Yeah, it's really good package deal. You can fly direct to Nigeria Lagos. from. Isn't that, from that Lagos? <laughs> you can fly directly from Milwaukee <laughs> on JetBlue. JetBlue, and you can watch ESPN Classic the whole time, the whole way, the whole time. We'll on put a marathon Blue. on for you. So you guys, uh, you've probably got. You mentioned. Uh, people emailing you, uh, you've probably gotten a whole new group of fans from the show that you didn't really have before. Uh, what's that been like? Sports fans, it's, it's been, been great. great. Anytime we go to a sporting event or like with ESPN or something, <laughs> I mean, even athletes, because you forget like athletes are like 30 mm-hmm. or tw- in their 20s or 30. Yeah. And if some They're of them sports fans. sports fans, some of them are like big comedy fans. Mm-hmm. So like we'll be at somewhere. I remember we were at the All-Star game and this guy who's like a first baseman like a perennial all-star for the colorado rockies i'm sure nobody on the special team.com <laughs> would know who todd helton is but anyway he's kind of uh, a big i know a couple he's a pretty guy he's a, he's a good player he like came out to us like oh man i love your show and i because like can i you want to watch the home run derby together and he like came over with sunflower seeds and we like hung out or like we were just in orlando doing a thing with espn the weekend and david robinson this guy seven foot one he played mm. basketball he like, like one of the great one of the top 50 nba players of yeah. all time one of the best three or four centers of all time. I'm going to go so far as to say, even on a special thing, if you don't know David, David Robinson, Robinson, just kill yourself. Yeah, exactly. that, I mean, he's the admiral. The admiral, the admiral David Robinson. He came over, best looking man I've ever seen. Best looking <laughs> seven foot one man. He came over and he's like, I don't want to bother Smallest you. penis in the world. Though. Which was weird. And then he made us cup his balls. That was... <laughs> But, but I was did. like, he's the admiral. I got to do it. I saluted. I follow I orders. I was just following orders. And then he was like, uh, Hail hook. <laughs> so he, he was like, Hey, I just don't, I don't want to bother you guys. We were like, what? He's like, I'm a huge fan of the show. He's like me and my, my sons, we watch it. And he quoted like something from one of our spelling bee episodes, and like a just, really specific joke. And then he was like, we love it. And that made us feel so good. And, yeah. and that's, that's actually the cool part. Like we, we have a nice, it's like a nice amount of recognition. It's never, it's never obtrusive or in, intrusive at all mm-hmm. in our lives. It's never weird. It's always like once in a while someone will you you'll know. be out. Maybe you're having a shitty day, and then all of a sudden someone will be like, "Hey, man, I like your show. Love the show." And like, like, oh, that's oh, cool. That's wow. Good. Feel that feels good. So awesome. I'm gonna get back down off the bridge. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> Climbing back down, guys. Climbing back down, people. So you guys obviously love doing it. Do you want to? You hope for more seasons? Like, do you see like doing this for a long time? I mean, I do. I don't want to run. You know, there is something to be said about going out like when the show is great. You mm-hmm. do, you don't want to kind of as <clears throat> I hate using this term, but jump the shark where it's like it is. Let's change it from the shark to something else. Um, jump the vagina. Yes, <laughs> you don't want to jump the vagina. If you do. It's it's bad news, but I I do feel like you you kind of want to go out on top. I mean, you got to be careful because when is that period of time? And and to be honest with you, we're not 100% in control of it. I know that the studio, there's some issues about like, are they going to stay with the same studio in New York? And then would they do it out here in LA? Would they do it for just one more year? Because I don't know if it could really go more than like another year or two Mm -hmm. of episodes, you know. So would they make that investment? If not, maybe we'll do a new show. You know, maybe we'll do a show on another network. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not sure, but I, I do think, uh, 
We're, mm-hmm. we're proud of where it is now. It's in its 50th show in these last 25, I think are the best that we've done. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that, I like, that's all you can ask for in a, in a series is that the show keeps you like that I made better. a hand motion that no one <laughs> yeah. could see on the podcast. Randy, just I should, I'm supposed hand. to describe those things. Describe that's my job. It, do it. There's an upward motion with the right arm. That I saw like, like a hot, like a Sikh Heil. <laughs> exactly. It was very Nazi-esque, but I mean, it, I, I do think. We, so basically based on that, we'd like to do something on the history channel. What if you guys did cheap seats, but with historical footage? It would be amazing. <laughs> Love it. I would love to like cheap seat old wars and stuff. <laughs> Look at this guy in the tank. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? What's his story? This guy's sweating more than Michael Jackson in Discovery Zone ball pit. Folks. <laughs> and of course, I'm talking about Ernst Trommel. See, we got the reference in. There Ernst it is. You, you, it. you already did it. You we made it. You made it. Rommel. He was sweating, Rommel. man. He was sweating. <laughs> this guy's sweating more than Patrick Ewing on a elliptical machine at the uh, equator. <laughs> there you go, folks. Huh? And of course, that time you were referring to. I was referring to uh, Adolf Adolf Franco and Adolf Eichmann together, together, both of them sweating. But, yeah. So, uh, do you guys have favorite uh, clips, favorite uh, things that you've uh, talked about from the show? Yeah, I, I'd say probably my favorite. Uh, we we did one in the first season, and it was a fan favorite, and definitely mine. Uh, the Steve Garvey celebrity fishing mm-hmm. billfish experience uh, with uh, a rising comedian named Michael Florwax. Oh, God. <laughs> they described him as a rising comedian. We're like, rising where? Where, where? Is he, where is he rising? Just rising. He's the most nondescript Like, is he an inch off the ground he's rising so he's and he got he, that gig that implies some uh, well, step of course up we always joke it. like if we were like around back then we would have been invited yeah we wouldn't there's no way we would have been invited to I see a celebrity event so there's that but in and i have to just not to again promote the new season but coming up in a few episodes of the new season we have a steve garvey celebrity skiing tournament yes oh. floor wax does a return does oh. a stand-up does a comedy routine a full routine of, oh. of stand-up comedy and uh so this was a sequel to. The, it, it was another Scarvey celebrity they went trip. Back after that, <laughs> Joan Rivers is there. Stephen Bishop. Anyone? Bishop. <laughs> Anyone playing some musical instruments? Playing Cheech like Marin. Cheech Marin. Looking Marin. like the house DJ. He literally looked like <laughs> like the DJ for the event. Yeah, you're looking at Pony him. He's at the Ponytown. We're like, wow, who let the DJ drink with the band? Uh, uh, that was that. He's there. There's Stein Erickson is there. It's just really. I mean, that stuff is. I agree with you. That is some of my favorite stuff. But I mean, spelling bees also are probably. We did a rodeo last year that was in Carlos Elvis yeah. Rock. We did. Uh, Oh, he was a great. bit with us along with Ron Lynch and Boris and like a Han- Hamilton and a handful of other people did some good stuff. So those that show I loved the yeah. rodeo I thought was one of our better ones and and of course I love the mystery science theater when those guys came on and did uh, creative breaking we did some like, it was karate with choreography <laughs> a guy stuck his finger in a coke can and then couldn't get it out that was such a, it was such a power move to like stick it <laughs> in there and then he was like shit yeah now i'm stuck and we were like uh that's great this whole thing is sponsored by pepsi nice Nice job good work yeah you've done a you've done a few different you mentioned the spelling bee you've done a few different spelling bees yeah oh this next one is really i love this first spelling bee one it's good yeah the first episode it's it's it was it was a two-parter from 1996 uh the year before rebecca seal fond won but she's involved in that's probably our most classic rebecca seal fond as a character as an american icon yeah she's just the magic fingers of rebecca yeah i mean ESPN before anything, they're right on that. Oh like, yeah, with, they with knew craziness. Well, now you know that ABC is now going to be carrying 
Oh, really? Uh, smelly bees. It's gone so huge. It's gotten so big. Yeah. And, and, and why not? These kids don't need any more pressure on them. Yeah. <laughs> These homeschool children uh, don't yeah, need like, to be on national. There team. are too many guns in high schools today. Like, we don't need to, like, piss off the. Like, you don't need some. Like, yeah, if you're all homes- you need is, like, if, if you're homeschooled and you come in and shoot up the school, you've just murdered your family. That's right. <laughs> have so uh yeah i actually i don't know if you've come across this i don't think you've done it on the show but uh a few years ago there was a kid named marshall winchester have you Mm -mm. seen that guy no if you if you do another yet another spelling bee to look out for i think it was oh three maybe oh two this guy is priceless he was just uh, yeah i mean uh there's nothing better than taking these kids down a (laughs) path i agree because they're smarter than we'll ever back then they were smarter than we'll ever be it's like you kind of what was winchester's story was he he was just uh breathing into the microphone (sighs) oh god and and uh i i had it on tivo i think i still actually have it on my tivo it's It's like the longest until you delete yeah it's it's the longest the oldest thing on my tivo is marshall k winchester Uh, and he just like he finished a word and he goes (laughs) when he got it right he was so (laughs) he let out this crazy thing and then i think his younger brother came along like last year because like there's a whole mini winchester yeah there's there's dynasties shetland winchester shetland winchester (laughs) to the mic yeah they they definitely keep it out a kid, a kid passed out. I mean, that was a famous moment uh, last year. Yeah. Spelling yeah. a word, just went straight back, fainted, yeah. got up, spelled the word right. Yeah, name one other sport. And then and nobody it. saw this, but then uh, got laid. Right, he got laid. Literally, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, this guy is He's like eleven, and she's like forty. Wow. So I'm kind of wondering. Uh, do you think they would ever ask you guys to do color commentary oh, on the actual spelling bee? We're, I think they'll think we're too mean. I would love it more than anything. I would love it. If they did. That would be so cool. Ugh. That would be great. We'd have to have a tremendous amount of research. I mean, yeah. and we'd have to like hold back any real comments that we'd want. Or they'd just have to put our mics on time delay. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, let's throw down to Randy and Jay. Uh, they're not here right now. And meanwhile, we're like talking. Talking. It's just mouthing. Technical difficulties are keeping them from ripping on our children. <laughs> yeah, I guess it could go that way. But I don't know. It, it seems like... It'd be uh, fun. We would love it. Yeah. I, I feel like you guys could find a way to if have we fun could treat with it, it without... If we could treat it like they do poke... I mean, poker. Did you know the poker's on television? I don't know if you know that. <laughs> but, uh, they now have poker thing. on poker? TV. Yeah. On TV. <laughs> it's, it's a card a, game. It's really oh. weird they play on tv it's like there's this new thing called reality tv all right so okay. poker on tv uh on espn they cover it the world series of poker norm chad and lon mccarran they lon is kind of the straight guy but norm yeah. chad's a pretty funny guy and yeah. he like makes there's good- like a lot of like underhanded kind of <laughs> subtle yeah. subversive, subversive comedy yeah. in there which you could definitely use you could pull it off yeah. I, guess, yeah, I guess it's the fact that their children maybe makes it a little tougher <laughs> I know. harder which is why our show is so much fun we can just rip them right and just go to town have you ever gotten any feedback from we have. The kids that there was really... one kid we ripped on in the very first episode he spelled doyan wrong and he just he got, <laughs> well yeah. there's two there are two spellings of doyan whether it's feminine, feminine or masculine. masculine he spelled it the masculine way and he was so sure he got it but the guy meant it in the feminine form it was kind of a trick kind word. of a dick That's move bogus. by the pronouncer who's now dead but he got what he deserved <laughs> camera uh so anyway though he, he like he's like d-o-y-a-n-n-e or whatever and then like the kid just like turns away like yeah, yeah that's right it. bitches <laughs> and then like boop the, the ding bell rings. the bell rings which indicate he's, he's like wrong. what turn around he was like no so we did a whole like sean salisbury breakdown of like his right. his the hubris cockiness, the cockiness yeah, there was a moment in, like before he's like is that from the french yeah <laughs> he sort of almost flip is it from the french letting you all know that he speaks french 
and then he got <laughs> nailed. But he sent us an email, and it was so great. Sent us a photo first well, of all. First, he sent him in like email. a bathrobe with like a homemade life state lightsaber, lightsaber. <laughs> which was great. It's <laughs> like <bless> America. <laughs> at least he's grown up into exactly what we thought he would. Uh, How old is he now? He's like in college. Like, yeah, he's in college. Okay. But he actually wrote us, and he was so cool. He was like. Uh, guys, I I love the show. It was so funny. Even the you know, not even though you ripped on me, but he's like all my friends could not believe it. Like that they saw me on there and I was on, it and you guys were hilarious. And I think if people do take it in like a good nature time, because I, I, our our goal is not to rip on just people. Just for, it, we've seen stuff in recent shows and write stuff that we've written. We're like that is just it's too mean. That's mean it. for being mean sake, and that's yeah. kind of not what we're about. But if something happens and they do something, we can sort of rip on that. Everybody can. We're rip onable yeah. very much so. We did. I mean, we had we had Mystery Science Theater. Those guys yeah, come yeah. on and rip us to shreds because you know I I guarantee you if we looked back at the early episodes of our show we could make fun of it, rip it. Season, you guys have a self-effacing kind of uh, yeah <laughs> sense of humor anyway. So yeah, definitely, like I feel like that's the whole that's what allows us to do it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, hey, can we talk about what you guys are leaving town to do? Let's talk about it. Uh, well, we're kind of let's move. Be, uh, we'll move past cheap selling seats. Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a Northern <laughs> California yeah, tour. We just I go mean, to they drop us off in a neighborhood and we yeah, just try and not, sell encyclopedias. It's not door to door. I mean, it's the, what they've called is like targeted subdivisions. We pick the Christian <laughs> houses. Yeah. Well, I, we should say you, you guys have done some movies. Yeah. Um, and so what are you, what are, what are you doing now? We're doing a movie. We're shooting a movie in New Mexico this summer, uh, for six weeks. It's called Wild Hogs. And, uh, it, it either could be really awesome or really, really shitty. And then if it's really shitty, that's even better. That's a better story. We almost, we don't want it to go up the middle. Like you want it to just yeah. be like this either great experience, which will really help us out. Or just terrible because it's like a very star-laden movie. I mean, Travolta's in it, <laughs> William Macy, uh, Martin Lawrence, and Tim Allen, and our scenes are with all of them. Oh wow! So and they gave us some funny things to do, which is surprising with like that level of yeah. comedic. Talent. We've got some. Our characters are funny. I mean, it's basically the movie is like City Slickers, but on motorcycles. These guys who are in like middle-aged kind of mm-hmm. like in an orange motorcycle, County. Orange County motorcycle club, get the itching to go, and they get out on the road, and they get tangled with a real motorcycle gang. Mm-hmm. They hide out in this New Mexico town, this sort of podunk New Mexico town, and Jason and I play the deputies to the sheriff in this town. So for the last 50 pages, I think we have like four or five scenes. scenes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we're in it and it's funny. Like my right ear is blown off. And so in all the scenes, Jason's just like ripping the shit out of me to my bad ear. So I know <laughs> I can hear it and I'll be just standing there and he'll just walk away. And I'm like left, left there. Not knowing. It's, not knowing that he's gone. And it's I mean, funny. It's like a cool like example of like a fractured non-symbiotic relationship yeah. that uh, is exploited. It should it's be funny. really fun yeah. to do. So I mean that, who knows? I hope it's we're great. I mean, we love, we're excited. I mean, we're still at that stage and we'll probably always will be we're like you get a job and you're just so excited you can't you know yeah. we're just thrilled that we're doing yeah the work, i mean so. i think it could be and with the people involved it could be a, yeah we just want to be funny in it that's all do cool. a good job then did they cast you from cheap seats did they see you on that or no, they, they, they definitely knew us and they just knew us from that stuff but the role came out for twins and we were like is there anybody who's gonna anyone else who's gonna get it? i mean maybe but we kind of just went in and did our thing and and that's what made us the happiest it's like it wasn't like we had to go and try and do something that was 
something we didn't want to do because a lot of roles for twins or whatnot, most of the stuff we get is usually for one person. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, here's a different take on it. I know you've kind of seen this character before, but we did a movie with, you know, Eddie Griffin and Anthony Anderson a while ago where they had my, my baby's, baby's daddy, daddy which, my baby daddy, my baby daddy, um, which by the way, great. I was t- just telling this story the other day because we had, we played white rappers in there, but again, you'd seen the white rapper so much and yeah. uh, just, you've seen it. And so play, having two people, there was like this immediately, suddenly you had a new relationship formed. It was just different. And yeah. like, so it was, it was a lot of fun to do, but we had to rap in that movie. We actually rap, like recorded a rap song right. at a studio and uh it was where snoop recorded dog, dog father and so we recorded this song i was talking about the cd release party so we did it and we did it in the movie and they did it like a music video and then yeah. they did it on playback and we actually wrapped the song in the thing so much fun and at the movie premiere they're like people from jurassic five and they were like <laughs> akil from jurassic five was like yo man that was tight you know you're like really <laughs> they were like into what we did we're oh, like yeah, all right really? Are y'all gonna be at the record release party yeah we'll be there so we get to the record release party and which i actually drove home from like Big Sur with my girlfriend who I had just proposed to. At the uh-huh. time. So he could be there. I came home like a night or, or like a few hours early. I cut it short so I could go to this. I mean, thing. we didn't have to go to it, right. but they're like, they want us to go and like perform and do the song from the movie and the thing. So, I mean, it we, was, re- so we go back. First so of all, we we're there to, on time. We get to the like, sound check at like <laughs> six and like no one's there. We're like, oh yeah, maybe that's not like the biggest like hallmark of a rapper. Like a rapper. Like nobody ever is like, <laughs> you know, his rhymes okay, but nigga be prompt. You know what I mean? <laughs> be rap on, on time. time. <laughs> Never. So, uh, we're there like before I like people think we're part of the wait staff. They're like, can you guys just take some hors d'oeuvres right around to the uh, green room? <laughs> so anyway, we go back in the green room and <laughs> Dominique Wilkins' brother, who is like has his own clothing line, comes over <laughs> to us and is like, Y'all don't, y- y'all are in the movie. We're like, yeah. He's like, you don't mind wearing these, uh, jerseys. Dominique's got a new clothing line. You want to wear his jerseys? So we're like, yeah, why not? We'll My clothes aren't big enough to wear for this thing. And so we put on the jerseys and, and meanwhile, our, my wife and his fiance at the time, they're like, don't, you don't want to do, what are you doing? So like right. 1200 people and like, we're the, among like five white people. In the here. only, I mean, this is the thing is that, Nobody had seen the movie. Mm-hmm. So nobody knew that we were like, they thought we were like trying to be aspiring rappers right. or that it was a joke that we're doing this and thing. And we're terrible at rapping. And you we like make up mistakes and it's just silent and it's in front of 1,200 people and we yeah. just tanked it so badly. It was so, so bad. And we go back in the green room and it's like, you know, we're pariahs. Like no one will like, we walk <laughs> over by the crudite and everyone sort of, the, the bread sees And Dominique's brother, Dominique just comes up to us ever so quietly because it was really quiet. And then he's like, he just kind of leans over and he's like, yeah, I'm going to need those jerseys back. <laughs> and he literally took back the jerseys he gave us. Great. Oh, took no. them back. Good movie. Good moment. But uh, it was, yeah, that stuff's fun. Anytime we but actually it. doing it and being on the set was a lot of fun. We got, Again, to, meet, we got to work with Michael Imperioli on that movie. Oh, and cool. He was awesome. He was so great. He was great because he said, you know, he was very much like in the midst of The Sopranos. And, right. and he's like, this is, he, and he was telling us about just terrible shows that he'd done. And I mean, this is why he told a great story about, uh, <laughs> about doing a scene with Bruce Willis in this movie and how like it was the most emotional scene he had to like he had to cry and he had to sort of get he had to get angry and really angry and like really get heated Mm -hmm. and so they shot Bruce's like single single and like he's in the he's just feeding the line the master and Bruce's single and then they had to cut the day before and then the next morning they were going to pick it back up with Michael so (laughs) the next day like Bruce Willis is he took a plane out that night (laughs) so like Michael's like reading with the casting person Uh, or like some and and he's like he has to yell and scream so I imagine that that's what's going to happen on this film like all four of the stars are just going to be like in their trailers like (laughs) we're going to be like yeah what's up we're uh 
<laughs> I was trying to do our lines to like just nobody. You know, yeah. I really feel like imagine our, him being here. Imagine his face just, over here. You're looking too low. Just you're, take a swing at it. I, we'll I, CG, I imagine we'll CGI Travolta back in there. <laughs> yeah. You I just, predict Bill Macy will be a true pro. And, and I, I bet he's a, I'm really excited to be I mean, him. being a fan of all the stuff yeah, that he's done. It'll be great. I think it's really going to be, yeah, who knows? We'll talk to you afterwards. We'll yeah. let you know how, how whether <laughs> we'll it was the follow-up. So who's, uh, do, do you know, who's directing? What's the... uh, this guy, Walt Becker. Okay. And um, I heard he's, he's good, yeah. So I'm excited. Cool. Very. Cool. Uh, and what about stand-up, your first love? Love the stand-up. Before, except for law school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it goes law school, then stand-up, and, and then Jesus, then our wives. <laughs> and blood drinking. I, we, I'd say stand-up, we're always trying to get back and try and like, develop some new stuff. Like We, we did the CDR um, at the beginning of... Uh, May and it was right. just, it was just awesome. It was such a good I, night. We kept coming out. We were hosting, and so we just uh, kept coming out on stage, going like, "I love comedy. I love comedy." Yeah, just yeah. seeing like rows of people, uh, Hardwick and uh, B.J. Novak and, and Mary Lynn, Mary right, Lynn right. and Andy uh, Sakun, or Andy, Andy, Andy Daly. Andy it was so good. Yeah, it was, was a just, great show, yeah. it was oh, such geez. a good show. And you're just seeing like people sitting on the stage, and mm-hmm. you're just like, "Yeah, this is kind of what it's all about." And we had a, a fun show and did a lot of new stuff. It's like any for us, for us. We've done our material before, so it's mm-hmm. not about like just going up and seeing if it works because we know the stuff that does and the mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't and why. So if we can come up with new stuff, you always feel like I don't know who to describe that like the feeling of like you're holding a bit, you're holding it in your pocket, <laughs> and you like can't wait to get up and just kind of deliver it. It's like it. you're playing poker on TV, <laughs> and you're holding. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't relate to that at I, all. I, when <laughs> poker gets to television, you'll understand. <laughs> what Please I'm notify about. me when that happens. No, but it's cool and like the confidence in like. Y- getting out there and performing now that Cheap Seats has been on the air and people kind of have gotten to know who we are when yeah. we go to a different city like we've done some colleges and like just you've done the Cheap Seats live too we've done the Cheap Seats live which was great we did that in San Francisco and we did that down Sketch in, Fest. in uh, Orlando as well that and was that was great. great like that I would love to go out on the road and do some of those because we can do stand up and do the Cheap Seats live and yeah. it's just it's great, great. It's I would like to develop another half hour material to pitch to Comedy Central yeah. to do another half hour mm-hmm. that, that would be great. be great for us we're, so, clo- we're close to having that amount of material, but we just need to make it consistent. Make, make it sure the best it all the way through. Yeah. And then maybe put it on DVD or CD or whatever. It would like, be great. We do have a CD. We have a CD of our old stuff, which, right. we, which we love. Pop in the Hood. Pop in the Hood. Played it on a previous podcast. Oh, fantastic. Right. Beautiful. Awesome. Yeah, no, we, we, we really were proud of that one. That was recorded in Minneapolis at a great club, Acme Comedy Club, mm-hmm. one of the best clubs in the country. And we recorded that over a weekend there, and that was a lot of fun. We're proud of that. That's still out there, but, you know, we have new stuff. Yeah, love to do the new. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, doing this, guys. This has been, been great. I love, love it. Thank uh, you. Want to uh, take us out with some more Morning Zoo? <laughs> Let's take <laughs> You're on Rock Talk. We got one more call. Rock Talk. Give it to us. Uh, yeah, I was wondering about the lyrics of Jesse's Girl. Oh, that's Rick Talk. No, I'm sorry. That's Rick Talk. Can this I give the second talk. part of my question? Give us the second part of question. Who held the stolen bass record before Ricky Henderson? That is Lou Brock Talk. You're Rock talking talk. about Lou okay. Brock Talk. Lou that's Brock Talk. This is Rock Talk. We're out. We're going to a commercial break. We'll check you guys out. All right, that's the show for this week. I want to thank the Sklar Brothers again for being with us. Uh, you can check them out at uh, supersklars.com or on MySpace at myspace.com slash Brothers. Uh, check out the Cheap Seats uh, Season 4 premiere, which is uh, Monday, June 5th, 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 p.m. Pacific on ESPN Classic. 
Uh, that episode is going to feature Paul Rudd, Michael Showalter, John Glazer, and the 96 Spelling Bee. Uh, sure to be great. And uh, you can check out that show on the web at www.cheapseats.tv. Uh, that about does it for us this week. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time, I'll see you on the board. <laughs>